0: What's up, y'all? This is Sinbad. you checking my boy, T.C. Martin, talking about what's happening.
1: All right. Busy, busy show here today. And, of course, uh, busy, busy weekend. And big diagnosing it for the past hour and a half or so. We continue with more Monday Night Football coming your way tonight. The Saints and the Bucks. Get on over to... Red Rock or any of the station casino properties, check out the action with our good friend Chuck Esposito, who joins us now.
0: What is happening, Chuck? I'm good, T man. It's uh, you know we've got all the the bowl games situated and who's playing in the playoffs and NFL season is winding down as we head into Week 14 and finish up tonight with a NFC South battle. But all good stuff, buddy. How about you?
1: Oh yeah, and a lot, a lot of action, a lot of fun. It was a great uh, getting a chance to get out to the uh, Pac-12 Championship game on Friday and then the Raider game yesterday. And I'll say this, uh, you know, Chuck, you know, when you have a quick turnaround, like we see with the Pac-12 Championship game where you don't really ac- exactly know who's going to be there, uh, they had 61,000 there and it was basically a sellout, uh, Friday night and tons of Utah fans, uh, came. A good amount of USC fans. I'd probably say it was like probably still 70-30 percentage of Utah fans. And we know how well they travel and they love coming to Vegas uh, as well. But uh, just a great atmosphere for that Pac-12 championship game. And a great performance uh, by the Utes to upset uh, USC. And to uh, basically take away their chance of playing in the college football playoff. But uh, just great action at Allegiant Stadium in the past couple days.
0: Yeah, I think it was interesting to see I wasn't there. I would have loved to have been there, but um as you said, you know, seventy percent of the crowd might have been youth, youth fans, but um probably close to, you know, seventy five to eighty percent of the tickets were on Southern Cal. Right. Um we were yep. clearly huge Utah fans that night. Um one of the, the biggest college football decisions uh, that I can remember that a non say bowl game or playoff game or national championship um, that I can remember. So, um, you know, when it was 17-3, I kind of chalked it up like, uh, this is going to be one that we're on the wrong side of. And, uh, you know, by, by halftime when it was 17-17, I started to think, well, maybe, you know, maybe it was a great game. It was fun to watch. Um, and, and it worked out well for our side of the counter. But again, a huge, huge handle on that. Uh, not only here, but I, I know industry-wide.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, uh, I think everybody bought into the fact that USC has this high octane offense and they can get, go up and down the field. And they showed that in the first quarter. But then, you know, Utah made some adjustments and, uh, they kind of clamped it down a little bit. But then, you know, Utah was able to, to get up and down the field themselves. And we saw that last year against Oregon. We saw it in the Rose Bowl where they were in that shootout with Ohio State. And then again, uh, on Friday night against USC, And it just kind of comes back again. Oh, people saying, well, there's Lincoln Riley, you know, his Oklahoma teams could get up and down the field offensively, but defensively they couldn't stop anybody. And that really, it was, was the the scenario for that. And it's just funny that you mentioned that, Chuck, how everybody was just thinking offense, offense, uh, offense. And that's why they're betting SC. But one of the things that we talked about on Friday's show was that, you know, this is the third week in a row where USC has to get up for a big time game. I mean, two weeks ago was UCLA, their arch rival. And then the big rival that they, you know, have with Notre Dame each and every year. And Notre Dame kind of gave them all they could handle as well. And now you got to get up in a short turnaround for uh, a Utah team that beat you earlier in the season. And it just kind of seemed that I don't want to say USC ran out of gas, but man, for, you know, 19, 20 year old kids, I mean, it is tough emotionally to get, to get charged up like that week after week after week.
0: Well, there was just so much at stake, T. I think, you know, an opportunity to play, um, in the college football playoff and the national championship. Plus, it's, it's tough for, you know, any school, um, to, to beat one of their, um, you know, arch rivals, uh, twice in one season. Uh, they played an epic game early in the season. You know, uh, uh that was, um, Southern Cal's only loss at Utah. Um, but it was a really, it was a fun game to watch again. I mean, it was just good up and down and it worked out well for us. Um, but it was, it was really, you know, again, this is one of the largest college handles that I can remember that I've seen, um, in a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock talking about championship weekend last weekend. So we talked about Utah beating, uh, USC 47, 24 K state, uh, you know, they, they showed up and defeated TCU 31, 28, put a lot of intrigue into where TCU is going to be slated if they would even make the college football playoff. Then uh, Georgia took care of LSU in the SEC 50 to 30 Michigan routes, Purdue 43, 22 Clemson takes care of Carolina and ACC 39, 10. And then one of my favorite games, Chuck was Tulane beaten UCF 45, uh, 28, which was a, a very good game, probably a little bit closer than the, than the final score indicated of all those games, Chuck. And you already talked about uh, Utah, USC, Uh, where did you guys stand on that as far as handle and, say, line movement and people, you know, cashing tickets?
0: I think the other game, T, would have been, you know, Saturday morning, the early game between TCU and Kansas State, which had so much at stake. Um. Although TCU lost that game in overtime, um, they're still one of the four remaining in the college football playoff and a shot at the national championship game. You know, got stopped on the one-yard line to end that game. But it was a dramatic flip. I mean, not only did Southern Cal, I mean, in Southern Cal's case, um, you saw so much money come in on the Trojans. In this particular case, they bet against TCU. We saw the the number actually flip to Kansas State, the favorite. A lot of money line play on Kansas State. And it just seemed that, it just seemed that the, the betters kind of got off TCU. They had backed them heavily over the last, say, five to six weeks. Um, wasn't the case, um, in this game, in, in, in their conference championship game. You saw a lot of K-State money show. I feel, I still think TCU being a one-loss team, you know, had a serious argument to get into the playoff. And, uh, they are in it. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching both those two games. <laughs> Um, later on.
1: And speaking of TCU now, you know, if all that money comes in against K State in a game where, you know, they, they were favored and they were undefeated going into that game, now you're facing a Michigan team who is undefeated. Have you seen any early action on this game or the other game with, uh, uh Ohio State and Georgia yet, Chuck? And, uh, you know, part, that's part one of the question. And then part two is where do you think that TCU Michigan line will end up and which Side are they going to heavily bet?
0: You know, it's so early, T. With um, you know, three weeks uh, over three weeks to go until these two games kick on the thirty first. Um, we've already seen a little bit of action come in on the frogs, and that number has dropped the full point. um No change yet on Ohio State and Georgia. It's just so early. We we're only seeing a fraction of what we're going to see. We're going to see, you know, such a large amount uh, as you get closer to the the New Year's holiday and and these games being on New Year's Eve. That it's it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be. I'm happy to root for whoever we need in these two games. I think you're going to see the Georgia game tick up just a bit. Um, and early indication are again the CCU game came down. I'm just not sure where ultimately it'll end up. I think for all these bowl games, D, uh, you know, one of the most important things now is the, the transfer portal. Um, there there's so many guys that appear to be you know um opting out right now. You've got both guys that are opting out for the NFL. Draft and the transfer portal—that it's definitely going to have an effect. Um, I think more so than in the past. Than you know, than what you've seen uh, as far as line movement for these bowl games. I think last year was just it kind of scratched the the surface. Um, this year, it's going to be crazy with with some of this stuff. Already hearing some schools that are that are going to be missing you know five to ten kids, um, and we're only in the second day. Um, so I, I could see that happening. Um, you know, pretty much across the board. And a lot more aggressive line moves, um, you know, all over for all these bowl games.
1: Yeah, Michigan, a eight point favorite over TCU, and Georgia six and a half over Ohio State. And you're right, Chuck. It's it is very, very early, but I know that you guys get, you know, people. Probably you know sharp money that 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 comes in immediately, and that's why I was asking that to see if if you had any of that immediately. Like people thinking, okay, maybe there's a mistake in this line here. But I know for me, man, it's it's tough to to bet a, a game you know three weeks out, especially everything you just talked about, chance for portal, everything else that could go on between now and then.
0: It definitely is. I mean, as I said, we did see a little bit of a push um, on TCU plus the nine. I think, the, again, it's the NFL draft. You have more and more guys that are going to be declaring for that. Um, you know, both of Alabama's best players, I think, have an opportunity to go 1-2 um, in the NFL draft. So do you see them, you know, opt out or not? We saw a couple of years ago Jalen Smith from Notre Dame got hurt in the bowl game. He was, a you know, a top-five pick. It really altered his draft stock and his overall career. Um, so I, I think you really have to kind of pay attention to this stuff. And, again, we're really early in the process but I suspect you're going to have more and more kids that are opting out for the draft and then kids in the transfer portal as well.
1: I was at that game, Chuck, and again, that happened early on in that game. I was at the Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State, and Notre Dame when Jalen Smith got hurt, and I was like, wow, that's that was brutal. That was brutal, and uh, because of that, you're seeing more and more of we're seeing, you know, ki- uh, you know, kids opting out, and we saw Ohio State's wide receiver opt out. It says, hey, I'm getting ready for the draft. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. going to bypass the, uh, a national semifinal game. <sighs>
0: Well, I mean, I mean, if you think about Alabama, I know, you know, Will Anderson from the defensive side of it. I mean, there, there's a, you know, he's been kind of talked about as the best overall player in the country, maybe non-quarterback, but actually maybe the best overall player in the country. And, you know, with an opportunity to potentially go one or two, right. Um, really two, I think, if, if Seattle or Chicago, Seattle via Denver, the trade for Russell Wilson or Chicago, who sits there right now, Chicago is dead last in the league in sacks. Um, you know, I, I can see a you know Will Anderson in, in the navy and orange would look awfully good <laughs> on a defense that's looking to build like that, and an opportunity to potentially go number two in the draft it has to be something that you know these kids and they talk about it with their families and stuff think about. I'm not saying that Will Anderson won't play in the bowl game, and you know that that's a really intriguing bowl game too against K State. But those are all things that these have to think about um, from our side of the counter and from the other side of the counter as well.
1: That's my man, Chuck Esposito. Nobody loves the draft more than Chuck. He's talking about it five months in advance.
0: I love it. There it is. Hey, man. <laughs> again, as these kids opt out, it is for the draft. I mean, we're seeing that, yeah. um, you know, some of them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an event, and you have an opportunity to go in the top five, and, hey, it's something you have to think about.
1: The Raiders get the victory yesterday, 27-20. to 20. They fell behind 10 nothing, Chuck. And I know that you were Charger fans yesterday uh, because the Chargers opened the favorite and then the Raiders, the uh, money came pounding in. What did that line close at yesterday?
0: Yeah, the Raiders closed two and a half yesterday, T. And uh, the betters came back to them. You know, it was funny, but I know we talked about it. I think it was the first nine weeks that they were clearly backing the Raiders and we were rooting against them and did pretty well. Um, then it was a two-week stretch there that they kind of left the Raiders. And we were Raider fans, and they won those two games in overtime. This week they really jumped back on them, uh, backed the Raiders against the Chargers, you know, straight, money line, parlays. Then it was one of our bigger decisions of the afternoon that we were Charger fans. Um, my guess is, too, we've seen early money come in on the Thursday night game, Raiders-Rams on the Raiders um, at L.A. It's a Rams team, you know, without Cooper Cup, without Matt Stafford, without Aaron Donald. Um, who just isn't the same Ram team that you thought you would see this year. So another opportunity for the Raiders maybe to potentially, you know, get a win, go on a little bit of a mini run. And they currently don't sit in a playoff spot, but they're only two games back with five to go. So anything can happen right now, but they're really playing much better over the last three weeks. And uh, as I said, and as you touched on, yesterday was not a good day for our side of the counter um, from the business side of the fan side of it. I always want to see the Raiders do well, and it draws more people in, and there's more excitement, and everybody's louder. Um, but from the business side of it, we were clearly Charger fans yesterday.
1: What are the games, Chuck? Uh, did the did the players kind of get the better of the books?
0: Uh, the one really was the last night last night's game. T that was the game that really stood out. Is that everything from kind of a a so-so day overall. Um, was dumping into the Cowboys and over, um, you know, really bad beat for our side of the counter that it looked like the first half was going to be a 14-13 halftime, and the Cowboys scored late because the, the Colts turned it over. And you have to remember that kind of late in the third quarter, the score in that game was 21-19. Yep. Um, the Colts went for a two-point conversion, didn't get it, proceeded to turn the ball over, I think, three of their next four possessions with one of those being a touchdown on defense. And you know they just kept on piling it on late in the game. Um, good game for the Cowboys. They rolled on the Colts, and and a lot of what we were up was taken away, and and definitely some liability going into tonight um, with the Saints and Bucks game.
1: You're right, twenty one to nineteen, and the Colts never scored again, and the Cowboys put up thirty three points in the fourth quarter to uh, win that game, fifty four to nineteen. Uh, I wasn't going to ch- touch
0: on the numbers, but since you since you rubbed it in, it's uh, that that's very true. Not very rubbing true. it in at all. I mean
1: not I rubbing, no, yeah,
0: yeah, just uh just <laughs> I I clearly knew what they were. Oh, I just was like, you know, I didn't want to have to hear it again, but no, i mean, uh, <laughs> it, it, I was watching
1: that game and it was like what? Twenty one nineteen. Not only can you think about the Colts have a chance to tie, they could cover the unders in play here and then all of a sudden yeah. boom, just within a matter of, of a couple possessions, it flipped upside down. That was insane.
0: It did, it did surprise me a little bit that, you know, once Dallas got way up, that they still were really throwing deep, uh, yeah. kind of in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I get it. Um, there's, you know, but, uh, there's a lot of teams that would have kind of taken the ball out of, taken the air out of the ball a little bit. Maybe, um, you know, put some, uh, guys who don't normally start in. We know that, you know, Zeke's been hurt a while and, and of course, Prescott. Um, they do have a, a certain, uh, OBJ coming in for a visit, I think, uh, today and this week. So maybe one of on the show. Uh, good offensive performance, but this cowboy team now, I think, you know, with, with Jimmy Garoppolo being out for the 49ers really are in a good spot. I think the most difficult thing for the cowboys is that unless Philly really gets an injury or stubs their toe, the way they're playing right now, um, if Dallas is a wild card team, not that it hasn't happened and it can't happen, but you are forced to play all three games on the road. And I think it becomes a much more difficult task than at least getting, you know, a game at home or two. But they're a real good football team. And as we talked about, T, they have the ingredient. They can run the ball with Pollard and Zeke, and they can play great defense led by Micah Parsons. And if you do happen to add an OBJ to the mix, that offense is even more dynamic. So they have everything to play up through late January and early February, and I think the injury to Garoppolo, I really kind of moved them almost into the second spot right now ahead of San Francisco. I know Frisco has a phenomenal defense, great skill position players. You're just asking a lot of a young quarterback in Brock Purdy to take him to the next level.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, despite that, the Niners uh, put a hurting on Miami yesterday, 33-17, to and uh, we had talked about this, uh, before, uh, leading in this week that hey Miami really doesn't have any real signature wins. And man, with Brock Purdy, the, the Niners still come away with a big victory. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Niners moving forward. And it is a good thing. The Niners got Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, uh, maybe, you know, he, he can help them uh, withstand, uh, the loss of, uh, of Jimmy G. I want to touch base with you, Chuck, on the Chiefs and the Bengals game yesterday. Uh, What a game that was. Uh, The Bengals win 27 to 24. Um, we knew it was probably going to be a, a a great game. And anytime you can get Kansas City as a short favorite, only laying two, I got to imagine the public and maybe even some sharps were on the Chiefs in this game. And I think you can, you know, even though I didn't get a chance to see the game because I was at the Raider Charger game, but I was trying to monitor this game. It just seemed like the Chiefs really had this opportunity to win this game and then what Kelsey fumbled and all of a sudden Cincinnati goes back and and they they hang on for the victory here but talk a little bit about what that game meant to the books
0: yeah we were clearly Bengal fans T that was uh I think we looked at that game the Raider game and the Cowboy game last night uh our three biggest decisions of the overall day um you know the Bengals have really kind of owned the Chiefs a little bit I think they're Burroughs 3-0 against them right now um, the one thing that I was kind of screaming, if you remember last year in the playoffs, the Chiefs elected not to kick a field goal. Went forward on fourth down. They didn't score. Kind of came back to haunt them a little bit. And I was really afraid that the Bengals didn't, you know, kind of understand what had occurred in the playoffs because they were up, I think, 14-10 right before the half, had a fourth and, and one from like the two-yard line, chose not um to kick the field goal and go up 17-10. And then they um ended up trailing in the second half. Because they didn't do that, and I really thought that that come, could come back to haunt them. It didn't. It's a signature win for them. We know Lamar Jackson's hurt for uh, for um, Baltimore, so it opens up the door for Cincy, who I think is on the longest winning streak in the AFC right now. Buffalo's now moved back into the number one seed, but we were clearly Bengal fans yesterday in the late afternoon game.
1: All right, Monday Night Football night. Uh, Chuck uh, on paper really doesn't look like a, a very good game. The Saints at four and eight. The Bucks at five and six. Definitely playoff implications because someone's got to come out of this division, the NFC South, uh, to get to the postseason here. And both teams have underperformed. Both quarterbacks have underperformed with Brady and Dalton. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? And what kind of action are you seeing on this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, that they are five and six, Tampa. I, I think they're still going to kind of win the win the you know the division by default a little bit. Um, the Saints have kind of had their way of late, though. Um, with Tampa, I think they've won. Uh, four straight when traveling into Tampa. It is a divisional game. These two teams have a little bit of bad blood going on. Um, it's still a Tampa team that if they're healthy and it's Brady, just winning their division means they're going to get a home game. I just don't think there's anybody else uh, in the NFC South right now that is going to surpass them and win that division. So I still think it's Tampa's. Even if they finish below 500. I still think they win that division uh, we're Saints fans tonight. Best case should be for them to cover or you know win the game outright. Um, but the number has ticked down a bit since we first opened it in favor of Tampa.
1: There it is, down to three now. All right, Chuck, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. Great visiting with you. Uh, good luck, good eating, good times, and uh, we'll see you soon, brother.
0: All right, T. Enjoy the game, buddy. I'll talk to you next week.
1: That's my man, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. All right, uh, I got up this morning, uh, was very, very excited because – uh, I wanted to watch, uh, Croatia, uh, play, uh, this morning in, uh, in, in a huge match against uh, Japan. It was the round of 16. And, uh, luckily, you know, I overslept a little bit. I turned on the TV and the match was still going. And, uh, I said, Oh, this is great. I get to watch my, 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 my Croats and go into extra time. One, one gets the penalty kicks. And luckily for in-game wagering, I could Turn on the TV, see that we're getting ready to head into a little uh, you know, kicks on the spot. Get down. It was a Pickem. Bet Croatia. There it is. And uh Croatia comes by with a victory and they advance on to the next round there as they move on to uh the final 8 as they defeat Japan uh, by way of penalty kicks. I know if soccer enthusiasts and purists, they don't like to see that, but there is nothing more exciting than the penalty kicks or the kicks on the spot is the proper terminology that is used. But uh, Croatia nailed it in uh, in the uh, kicks on the spot. So, nicely done, Croatia. I got to like it. I sure wore my Croatia shirt in here today. Next round. There you go. <laughs> Yes, Ilisic, Lukovic, Milicic, Vlasic. A lot of itches in that game. Love those itches. Go Croatia. All right, want to thank Chuck Esposito for joining us today. Marco D'Angelo, TJ Reeves, live from Tampa Bay, getting ready for tonight's Monday Night Football game. And, uh, yeah, Matt Holt got to hear from Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Tomorrow, Timmy B's going to join us from Fox Sports. Tim Brando, he's calling one of those championship games last weekend. And uh, Timmy B, getting ready to cross over now, and do his college basketball thing, so he will join the show tomorrow. Plus, Terrible Tuesday and a whole lot more. Make sure you join us right here tomorrow at 2. Have a good night. We'll catch you tomorrow.